This is like people who go to Kroger's versus people who go to Kroger. Oh, God. It's a, it might be a regional thing, maybe. I think I might just be an idiot. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Hacker Slash, a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, total joke, waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer, pun intended. My name is Chris, and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy Mac. Hola, muchachos. The Gore Lover Alexis. Hey, yeah. And the Cowardly Creeper Ryan is sitting out this week, but we do have the Scream Queen Paris. Hey, sweets. All right, folks. Now, we have a good one for you this week as April Fool's Day is just around the corner. But before we get there, Paris has a little bit of news for us in our follow-up. We do have some exciting news for the podcast. We've actually peaked our highest on the charts for the United States Film Review podcast. We peaked at 27th, which is a huge number for us. If you enjoy what you're hearing, share it with your friends, keep listening, uh, and don't forget to engage us on our social media platforms so we can hear what you think. Absolutely. I know Alexis feels this uh, just as much as I do since she's been on the show so long. This has been a labor of love and anything that we do is not possible unless uh, you, our dear listener, is supporting us along the way. So thank you so much for that. Now, getting into business for this week, as we said, April Fool's Day is just around the corner and we're not hacker slash if we're not doing a holiday themed episode. So this week, we're looking at the murder mystery that unfolds in April Fool's Day from 1986, starring a familiar face, Ginny from Friday the 13th Part 2, which we reviewed previously on the podcast. Now, who had seen this movie before? Never even heard of it. Wow. <laughs> but of course, a horror movie around uh, April Fool's does exist. And of course, it's slasher. Uh, same here. Never heard of it. I actually didn't even like watch the trailer, read the synopsis, because I kind of figured April Fool's Day slasher movie. I kind of I think I know what's going to go on here. But yeah, this was a this was a first uh, entry for me for April Fool's horror. Same here. I had never heard of this movie. Didn't know it was a thing. Uh, when I found it on Stars, I read one like one of the main characters' names, which I found to be funny. And then I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. Well, I have to watch this, but I'm a little bit excited to watch this. Interesting. All right. We'll, we'll see if that comes back to bite you. Uh, this was one that I, I watched several times growing up. And I will admit, though, that in the mix of 80s slashers, this was not one that I remembered very much of. I remembered a few key scenes and that's about it but this movie does have a a cult following you know we won't spoil it for later but there's a certain way it's filmed and there are things you see and don't see that allowed it to be very tv friendly and used to air late night all the time so this movie has a little bit of following behind it it is something that approaches the slasher genre in a very different way but what were you guys expecting from it? I actually had no expectations. How can they make a horror movie around this besides the obvious? I don't know. I was just like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised that it was like that. I didn't have any expectations going into it. Here's how I approach movies when I when I watch them and I'm like, here's what I think could happen or might happen or will happen, etc. It's it's I kind of consider different possibilities and then in my head play out how those things could happen why don't you just watch a movie for what it is not, i can't i'm not in control of this <laughs> this is what i do in in personal life as well you know if somebody you know if i'm like i, I hit something i have a flat tire i'm like immediately considering all the possible ways of getting the tire fixed what i'm gonna have to do about work what could happen if i can't get the tire fixed etc so i consider all possibilities you know what i'm saying so in this one Sure, I thought this is how it's going to play out. What did you think? What did I think? I, I thought it was going to be a movie about pranks going too far, and then there's somebody else who's not pranking them. And I was surprised by this movie because it played out in a way I, I wasn't expecting. Ooh, 
Ooh, someone got him. Dang. <laughs> Alexis is quick to jump on that. Mac, did you really expect this to just be like the beginning of the burning? Honestly, I, I did, especially seeing the aesthetic and, and knowing it's an 80s slasher. I thought this was going to be pranks going too far, and then somebody else who the prank went too far onto comes back and gets revenge or something. And that's not what it was, which I liked. So for this movie, I kind of thought it would be a regular slasher. I was like, okay, some kids are on an island playing pranks on each other, but there's somebody else on the island, maybe killing them off. Not really sure. When I read the main character's name, Muffy St. John, I was like, oh, this is a comedy because that's a ridiculous (laughs) name for a person. (laughs) So then I was like, maybe it'll be more of like a dark comedy with like some horror elements. In the end, it kind of landed somewhere in between. So that was a little bit refreshing. Uh, It kept me on my toes for sure. But yeah, the first maybe 10 minutes, I was like, oh, this is definitely a comedy. And then it played out and I was like, am I supposed to be laughing? Am I supposed to feel for these characters? I really don't know. That's totally fair. Uh, It's one that I think takes you along an interesting ride, especially like the way this movie opens up, right? It is like, like a home video camera filming a woman saying ridiculous things. And at first it doesn't come off as quite as ridiculous until you realize she has like seven last names. Uh, And that's just the tip (laughs) of the iceberg on how silly this movie gets. I actually love that part so much. That's when I was like, oh, this is a camp comedy because I thought she was being sincere. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hi, I'm Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea. And that like took me out. I was dying laughing. And I was like, okay, that's the direction this movie's going in. And then she kind of got more serious. And I was like, oh, they were just fucking around. This is one that I I think reminds me of so many different movies. And there's one uh, show called Harper's Island. Have you guys ever heard of this? No. Nope. Basically, some shit goes down on an island. There's like a guy who kills a bunch of people. And this girl who is, I I think her mother was killed on the island or her family ends up revisiting and coming back to the island for the first time since that incident to celebrate her friend's wedding. And when they get there, it's like a murder mystery. People start dying off one by one. It's like, who did it? Why did they do it? That has a whole very like Scooby-Doo vibe as does this movie. Uh, So this is like 80s slasher in their prime where it's goofy, it's weird. You can't take it too seriously, but it's one that where you just have to say like, buckle up, enjoy the ride because it is what it is. But uh, how how do you guys feel while you're watching it? It was like one ridiculous turn after the other for me because you expect pranks and there are silly pranks and plenty of them between these friends. And even when it gets to the more serious you know, horror aspects of the movie. Like even then it's kind of ridiculous and kind of silly. So I don't know. I was, I was kind of, you know, one part laughing, two part questioning, like what, what come on. And then three part, just trying to figure out like how they're going to wrap it up in my head. See, I felt the total opposite. I was like very entertained throughout the entire movie. The beginning though, I was like, Oh, if this is a the first like handheld movie, a handheld video, like <laughs> documentary style movie like that, found footage slasher. I thought the same thing. I was like, did this set it all off? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, if this is the whole movie, I'm pissed. Uh, <laughs> but at one point, like I was, I was doing a few things in the kitchen, and then I was like, you know, I'm actually gonna sit down for this movie. And I sat down and was like really interested in it. And that's what I think really surprised me is like during the whole entire movie, how well it kept me really entertained, either comically or just in a suspenseful sort of way. I'm right there with you, Alexis. I was engaged throughout the whole movie. It kept me on my toes because I. After the few gags in the beginning, I was like, okay, how much of this am I supposed to take seriously? 
And I'm going to kind of <laughs> let the movie tell me how much it takes seriously. And in the end, I was kind of, well, I was satisfied. I was entertained and I was engaged. So I'm not mad. I'm going to maybe surprise you here on just this one little small area. I don't find this the most compelling, most entertaining slasher I've ever seen. It's, it's surprising it does some new stuff, but there is like a solid chunk in the middle where things just kind of drag on for me. Oh, yeah. I guess it's not really the middle necessarily, but I, I, I find them like focusing really on like interpersonal relationships more than they probably should. Even the characters, like there's a character named Arch. Just wasn't a fan of him, but the entertainment in this movie was super high. It's just the pacing for it, for me, fell apart in the middle, but then came back at the end in a strong way. I felt that for sure. Yeah, I actually would agree with that. I was kind of, and I think that's the part I was in the kitchen, so I didn't, (laughs) I was like, uh, what's going on? I was like, yeah, it did seem like it dragged along a little bit in the beginning, just, and that was the point where they were playing like little riddles on people. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Or you think they're playing little riddles. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what would you guys say surprised you or disappointed you the most in this movie? Surprised and disappointed me all in one. The end. Ooh. The ending of this okay. of this film both surprised me and disappointed me. Not a good time. Not well. Could be good. Could be bad. I mean, sometimes you need to be disappointed in life. You need to learn your lesson. But wow, you reset the bar. Yeah. <laughs> but the ending for me. Was not what I expected, but it was one of the many ways this could have ended that immediately I dismissed when we started getting into uh, kind of the first or, or second, like third of the movie, start to dig in. And I was just like, okay, that's not going to happen. This can't happen. And then we make it to the ending, and I was like, that just happened. And yet here we are. Indeed. I was surprised by the sense of nihilism from this, this cast of kids. Uh, when they're like sitting around at the dinner table, they were like, oh, the what do we have to look forward to? The future's looking grim. Like, why even bother going to college? And they had this like conversation about that. And I was like, oh, so some things never really change. Here we are at this table, <laughs> privileged, have everything we want. And none of us know what we want to do. Exactly. Yeah. I felt seen by that. <laughs> Check your privilege, Arch. <laughs> yeah. When he did say that, I was like, what? I was like, jaw dropped. <laughs> I think he legitimately said like, you know. We're when, privileged. We're, we're, we're privileged. We're <laughs> privileged. You know, we're set up for success. But when somebody could just press a button and, and you know, blow us up in a, in a nuclear holocaust, why even bother? <laughs> yeah, back then they were afraid of the holocaust, the nuclear holocaust, and now we're afraid of global warming. <laughs> Did you guys ever see uh, summer school? No. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, okay, Mac, I thought you'd be at least the only one here to, to watch that. But what about uh, Alexis? You remember Leprechaun? Yeah. Did you recognize your boy in this movie from Leprechaun? I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of these people looked really familiar. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen them in something. Only a few of them have actually done anything worthwhile. So True. But I'm sure Mac recognized a few of them from Star Trek. Uh, that sounds like a no. That's a yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course I would. Actually, one of them, I was like, I can actually pick out the episode. Oh, nice. Uh, That's a little crazy. It is bad. I definitely have to like piggyback on that. I definitely thought it's funny because I was thinking about my answer. I was like, oh, okay. That's really how I felt about the ending. I was surprised. Totally surprised. And then kind of like, this is how they explain all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is how it's set up. But I wasn't, I was just like, okay, it still surprised me. So it wasn't that bad. But I wish there was a little bit more to the ending would you say it was underwhelming yes like a lot of things in my life no i'm kidding jokes jokes definitely underwhelmed by this one damn alexis (laughs) that's not like a burn (laughs) was somebody just got burned somebody you deserve somebody some aloe no one at this table but hey i was surprised how much i had jaws vibes in the very beginning of this movie the uh man who drives the ferry 
was giving me Wicked oh, Jaws vibes. I could see that for sure. We're going to need a bigger fairy. <laughs> he was really committed to that accent that he chose. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> that like salty sailor voice. Yeah, if you get on the ferry, you're going to need to pay me three shillings. <laughs> <laughs> the ending was an underwhelming for you guys. I, I get that. This was definitely a movie that tries to play some mind games with you and make you question things that you have seen or you haven't seen uh, all in the name of, of a good joke, really. And honestly, one of my biggest sadnesses is that Ryan isn't here to pick apart all the jokes that are in this movie. Uh, I will say it wasn't even the funniest slasher I've seen, but there were a few little quips. Like at one point, these uh, kids are coming up back up to the house of the, after they discovered a body. And one of them says, respectable young Quaker couple returning from a quiet afternoon of nonviolent sex. It's just like these <laughs> random little quips throughout the movie that kept pulling me back in. These kids definitely had jokes. For sure. Some of them didn't land, but some of them did. Uh, do you guys think you're ever going to watch this again? I don't know that I would. I think I would to like review all the things I might have missed. Yeah, I think I definitely, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to throw myself out there and be vulnerable for a second. I would watch this. I feel like I would watch this around the same time every year. Yes. Sure. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> this is a safe space. No, that's okay. Alexis, you and I can hang out for April Fool's Day and just watch this oh. movie and it's going to be great. That would make me so happy. And then I'll play a prank. No, I don't like pranks at all. <laughs> at all. Just FYI. She has no idea how many pranks I've already set up in her house. Do oh, not wow. do that while I'm home alone. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> I have no intention of revisiting this movie. Um, <laughs> very matter of fact it was a quick once and done for me i'm not mad that i saw it but i don't need to see it again yeah straight shooter there. <laughs> i like it i like it all right folks there's a lot to say about this movie in terms of where it goes and what it does and really there's a lot of mechanics that happen within its final moments that we have to talk deeper into now let's go ahead and start making our way there before we get into our ratings alexis how many people died in this movie seven with an asterisk that I can talk about after this uh, break. All right. So, folks, you are definitely in for at least seven bodies. And Mac, in Ryan's absence, how many of the uh, passings in this movie were animals? Oh, my gosh. So many animals did not die in this movie. I don't even know if we even saw one. It was good. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a clean animal report. Delightful. Just the way I like it. Now, let's go ahead and get into the ratings. April Fool's Day from the good year 1986. Was it a hacker or a slash? I'll go first because I know it probably isn't a surprise by how I've been talking in the first half. Um, or speaking about the movie. Um, I'm actually surprisingly giving this a slash. <laughs> um, I don't yes. know. I was so entertained by this movie. I don't know if it was like, you know, I just got done painting. It was a painting fumes or I'm just so excited that my mantle is white and not this crappy like wood. But I don't know. I was just like super happy. Like it, it was a good movie. And I think what I really enjoyed is that was something different and it wasn't like oh another mass killer running around killing people and it was it was a different story and it really caught me the the ending i loved um although it was a little underwhelming i still love the way it was delivered and i that's why i think it deserves a slash <laughs> can you imagine an alternate movie which stars the whoopee cushion killer for, for murder uh no <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone sits down. I hate that idea. Well, speaking of jokes, this movie was a joke, and I'm giving it a hack. It was a total joke. It was waste a total joke. It wasn't a waste of time. You know, I don't regret watching it, especially, you know, coming up to April Fool's Day, but I, I do feel like an April Fool after watching the movie. <laughs> Were you entertained? Were you not entertained? Um, you know, there were some entertaining components to it. 
I, I think. I was entertained by the fact that they chose the most 80s names like for, for every character. Chaz. <laughs> Muffy. Muffy. Chaz. Kit. Nan. Hal. Nikki. Skip. Oh, my goodness. Skip. I forgot Skip. You can't forget Skip. That was entertaining. Just their banter. It actually would have made kind of a, a an enjoyable comedy movie, I think, if it was like completely non-serious. But no, I think... I think it was a hack for me, and uh, I think I was corroborated by my uh, by my girlfriend, who also considered it a hack. Nice. We need to get her some honorary ratings on the show. Yeah, that's, that's right. a double hack. So for me, I was definitely entertained by this movie throughout. I imagine if I had seen it in the '80s, it would probably have been a lot funnier at the time. But <laughs> considering how it has aged, it was still pretty funny, and there were a few parts that I actually laughed out loud at. Uh, the horror elements, I was kind of uh, underwhelmed by, but. There's only so much you can do with special effects technology back then. Um, but at the end, the the mystery of it all kept me engaged. It was I love a good whodunit. And I was like, hmm, what's going on with this Muffy girl? And I had like a few different theories throughout it. But ultimately, this movie is trash and nobody should really ever have Damn, to see it again. That took a turn real fast. <laughs> I'm giving it a hack. Wow. It was a literal joke and my time was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get more conclusive than that, folks. I feel like things are out of balance here. And Uh-oh. Yeah, Alexis, I am so sorry that you're standing there alone. Something that you should consider about this movie is, yeah, it's a total joke. All right. That is a completely accurate statement to make. This is an 80s slasher that doesn't take itself seriously, but it is made by people who do quality work. All right. So for perspective, okay, the director of photography for this movie worked on Pretty Woman. The writer of this movie worked on several Beverly Hills Cop movies. And the director worked on some of my favorite films and When a Stranger Calls and When a Stranger Calls Back. Huh. Yes. Hmm. So... This movie, it is an attempt at wielding comedy and and wielding horror and making those two things meet. And it's interesting because it does so in a way where maybe you you lack a little bit of both. But at the end of the day, it's still a slash because it's a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up, enjoy the ride. And there you have it, folks. April Fool's Day from 1986 earned two slashes. And two hacks. And I'm proud that my slashing comes because it had even two references to Friday the 13th part two in it. So I feel pretty good about it. I mean, based on what you said, Chris, I feel like you shouldn't have to have all this context in order for a movie to be good. You should be able to just watch it and be like, oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, no, that was my No, I did. But I also just want to paint perspective because, you know, I feel like you and Mac, you know, kind of laid into it a little bit there, calling it trash. I'm like, whoa, 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 guys. I didn't say trash. I just said it was a joke. One of you did. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there are people behind this movie who made intentional decisions and it walked the line for me in in just a specific way that lacked enough seriousness, but also showed effort. All right. Now, if, if this movie wasn't as beautifully shot as it was, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm not a fan. But it looks like the the corners that were cut in terms of like the quality of um some of the jokes and things like that you know it, it made up for it it showed it made it look more intentional than anything else and at the end of the day guys slasher movies unless you're looking at like the depths of seriousness in black christmas and halloween and texas chainsaw massacre unless you're looking at that slasher movies are there to just have a good time to shut your mind off and just enjoy it so that's what this was for me uh and i really want to know 
how our listeners feel about it. So you can find this movie on Stars. It is available for rent as well. Check it out and join us in the second half of the episode so we can unpack that ending. We'll see you in a bit. All right, so uh, yeah, come on down to Pranks of Pete's Professional Prop Palace for all your pranking needs. Our severed heads, prank penises, pop-out eyeballs, retractable bladed weapons will meet your every April Fool's need. Are you a terrible friend? Do you want to make your entire group of privileged friends and family believe that you have brutally murdered dozens of people? Come on down to Pranks of Pete's Professional Prop Palace today. All right, welcome back, folks. April Fool's Day from the year 1986 earned two hacks, two slashes, and we're going to beef about it. Now, before we get into why we rated this movie the way we did, Alexis, hit us up with that gore score. All right, let's talk about the gore score. Um, This movie, I know you had mentioned it earlier, Chris, that it was on late night TV. Yes. Yes, so I could see why. You could tell a lot of <laughs> the gore was cut out. Or it seemed like there was a lack thereof. But I thought it was really cool. Some of the, like, the eye scene, like, that was pretty cool. But then there was just a lot of, like, bleeding. And you can tell it was definitely, like, the bag kind of, like, someone stabbed someone. And then, like, the blood bag, like, opens. Like, you could tell definitely it's stuff like that. But I thought it was really, I think they did it in a great way. Like, it wasn't overly gross. It wasn't too much, but it was just enough for this movie to look prankish, but not really, if that makes sense. But was it also enough for you as someone who loves gore? Oh, I would crave definitely more, but I think it's fitting for the movie. Nice, nice. So, you know, we all must know what that uh, favorite favorite kill was. The penis kill. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I say it so innocently. On brand. I just wish they had shown it. I was just confused on when the penis started bleeding, but he was like dead. You <laughs> may be chopping off a penis, but it still ain't no teeth. <laughs> there you I go. I didn't think they chopped the penis off, though. There was like a hole where the penis used to be. They like bored into him. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> they, they just plucked it out like a weed. Just all in one. Yeah, the know, root out. and everything. <laughs> I actually wanted more gore from this movie, to be honest. There was a few parts where I felt like I was watching a censored version because it would cut away right when the action would happen and yet yeah. that's just what it is yeah like specifically the two characters that died in the bed one of them with the penis thing um because they had seen <laughs> he like says the, casually yeah they had seen <laughs> the mo- like the the mock-up of that death up in the attic with the dolls and it was like the two of them lying on the bed bleeding bleeding but we actually didn't get to see that real shot of the two of them lying on the bed bleeding maybe because it was going for a lower rating so that they could play it on tv Maybe, but I think they also really wanted to protect themselves to preserve the ending because joke's on y'all, nobody actually died. It was all a joke. That was the asterisk. But yeah, so I think, you know, those intentions that they made, or the decisions they made with how much core they show was done just to preserve that ending and not make it more like a hoax. Like, at least here, it's, you know, the ending shows that, yeah, it was all a prank, but you don't feel as cheated because you didn't actually see anybody die. You saw parts, you saw body parts and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, you didn't actually see anything super conclusive. Wait, I actually just realized that that's true. Yeah. We didn't see anybody die. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Because yeah. there were a few that we didn't see die and I was confused. Like Nan, when she shows up dead in the well, which at first I was like, who is, who's that? 
was exactly, like, oh, I, yeah. I guess Nan's dead. Because mm. we had a, a casual conversation in the garden where there was a little bit of tension. And then. Was that her in the well? I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. that was her in the well. Yeah, I couldn't tell. It's funny because the well scene was one of my favorites. And I just saw this random female body. I'm like, who is that? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we never actually see her die. I, I did like the, the, you know, the scene where Biff Tannen throws the knife into the dude's guts. That, that was in the beginning. Yeah, in the, be- in the beginning. Because you and were like, oh, my God. I was the- like, yo, he just threw that knife into his buddy's stomach. And you thought it was real, right? Well, for the split second until he falls into the water and everyone's jumping in, you're like, ah, it's got, come on, it's fake. Oh, see, I thought it was like, wow, they're really starting off like this. Okay. Okay, Mac. Well, you know, because <laughs> I think he would have just like been like, oh my God, and like fallen to the ground. And they would have been like, oh my gosh, like let's look at the wound or something if it had been real. And I can't believe this just happened. Not like, oh, I'm going to fall backwards into the water dramatically and then everyone dives in after me. Ah, come but on. That's like 80 slashers, though, or like, you know. It fits in. I thought it was real until it wasn't. <laughs> exactly. Right. As many people did, Paris. <laughs> As it was intended. What about you, Mac? What was your favorite kill? Favorite kill or lack thereof. What was your favorite lie? My favorite, I do love a good lie. Hmm. Let's, <laughs> let's see. Or is that lie? Again, no, just kidding. Again, trust issues. Fact or fiction. It's, it's hard for me to pick a favorite in this movie. There was a pretty good variety, I'll say, of, of different styles. I did kind of miss out. You know, I wish we had gotten to focus more on a couple that got lumped together. For instance... To see the good old Southern boy just suddenly dead was a huge bummer. And it was it was kind of a shock to me because I figured he was one who was going to make it up until the uh, the ending reveal. But instead, he ended up in a room hanging. How sad for, for, for him, at least. So here's one thing that stood out to me most about his death. It wasn't even his death or the fact that he was just suspended there in a really yeah. almost kinky way. Very it was kinky, that. can confirm. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. just noticing, not that it was the first time we see him wear this, his attire in that like that whole getup did not vibe with the rest of his personality in the movie leading up to that that's true i didn't even think about that. that's not the guy i know who's trying to scam muffy for her money to work for her daddy oh okay i see where you're coming from that, we're talking about Harvey, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Harvey with a big butt. Did he have a big butt? He had a big butt. Oh, how did we I not notice? I don't know how you didn't notice, Paris. If I noticed, then there's something wrong. It was when he <laughs> was like trying really hard to fold that bar. Oh, that workout that he was doing? Exactly. And then she like scurries back into the window and he's like, huh, huh, huh. but like the shot of him from the side, he has a big old butt. Well, good for him. He has a badonkadonk, that one. <laughs> <laughs> At least we didn't have to watch him wear you know, tidy whities like we did his his buddy in the other room. I hated that so much. They were so ill-fitting. The 80s were rough for everybody, I guess. Uh, my girlfriend was watching that part with me and she said, yep, legit looks like he's just wearing a diaper. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> Adult diapers. Get you some Calvins. <laughs> he's no Marky Mark, to be honest. We got we to say that. Sorry, bud. They got to fit him better next time they use him. He was also over there brooding like, I have a future ahead of me, but someone says I'm not serious enough, so I'm going to overcompensate by being butthurt about everything. Yeah, he was kind of a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about my future, even though I have plans to go to medical school and all that stuff. Wait, cause... what? Babe, we just talked about this. You already talked to your advisor. You're going to medical school. <laughs> I don't want Their to talk communication. About it. <laughs> Everyone's communication skills in this movie are a bit a bit lacking. They need to work together as friends to improve their ability to communicate. 
Yeah, you know what? And I was reminded of that. I just rewatched the 2019 Black Christmas last night and loved it. And I look back and remembered, wow, these women actually talk to each other. How great and how rare for a horror movie. These guys <laughs> should take a page out of their book. What a world. You know what? I, I think I can pick a favorite fake death scene, <laughs> if, if you will. Because we got to see a real life snake and that was fun. Oh, yeah. So that was kind of cool. And that, that thing was really trying to bite him. Yeah, I was freaked out. I was freaked out on that. I was thinking like, you know, just kind of meta, just like, how did they get him to, to lunge at him and not bite him? Because it looked like it was filmed pretty darn close. Well, at least it didn't go uh, the route of the first Friday the 13th where they actually killed a snake during the production of the movie. Mm, that's sad. I mean, they just kind of kicked him aside, which was that I'm okay with that. As long as they don't like, you know, kill him with a shovel or shoot him or anything like that. <laughs> just move him. him. Just move him to the side. He's just a little, you know, snack bro. He's just trying to slither his way around. Hey, snake bros are snake bros until they're trying to bite you while you're hanging up upside down, huh? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, my favorite death. Uh, it's hard because there were non-deaths. I really loved Nikki as a character. I really liked when... Nikki went into the well and discovered the rest of the bodies were. Oh my gosh, that was there. freaky. Yeah, I the moment she went in that well, I was like, "That is a bad idea, you dumb bitch." But that's kind of what I loved about her—that <laughs> she was a dumb bitch. You know, it was relatable. I did love that he was calling down to her because it was kind of annoying after a moment. But then it was like, "Why don't you just go down and get her, dude?" I thought he was being like a horrible person, like, "Oh, sorry, kid, I'm like going down there." I don't think he really wanted to. I don't know, man. I feel like looking at how like unstable those handles looked climbing out of the well. I just feel like I wouldn't trust myself to not also get stuck in the well. Yeah, exactly. Like, go and get help. But also, I love Nikki because she was like, you know what? I'll take care of this mm-hmm. without any regard for consequences. That's true. Yeah, you know, that's that's totally fine. I also did enjoy their little moments of being together when she was reading Cosmopolitan. I loved that scene. And they're scene. doing the survey. And it was oh, like, I love oh, okay. those surveys. <laughs> Have you taken many of them in your time? Yes, yes. They were like my favorite. <laughs> Side note, my grandma used to get them in the mail. Of course. Classic Alexis's grandma. <laughs> Abuela. <laughs> and she would give them to me like after she was done reading them. So like when I was in like high like late middle school, high school. And I was always get like super excited. But yeah, that's when they had all those quizzes in there. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting for a pre, well, I guess I was in pubescent. Yeah, I was in puberty. It wasn't yeah. prepubescent. You were okay. pubescent. <laughs> or <Yeah>. bescent. <laughs> I was just. I really like that scene because it was just, just a couple of girls hanging out, talking some shit. You know, they were talking about orgasms. They were talking about their first time. And then the last question was like very sexually charged. They were like, what sex have you always wanted to try? And it was like, gangbang, threesome, lesbian sex. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. And then the girl yeah. with the, the worst wig of the three was like, what was C again? And that like really made me laugh. Yeah. When you look at these movies and all the great moments that are there, I think we have to talk about that ending and that fake out. We talked a lot about it earlier. You guys shared that it was underwhelming. What specifically was so underwhelming about it? Why did that, why did your feelings land there? Honestly, the way it was explained could have been handled a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, I agree. It was kind of like, okay, this is a joke. Now, this guy was my uncle. This guy is my brother. This guy that I fucked is my cousin. Like, everybody's in on this. I was like, okay. So it was a family affair over here. She's like, I'm trying to save my island by doing this insane thing that would never get approved by any sort of insurance. I Um, thought it was very clearly explained, though. But almost overly explained. Uh, Like a little too convenient. Um, (laughs) All these like staged actors that she was related to. I mean, look, I dream of one day having a B&B. And if I could just make it a murder mystery (laughs) B&B, I'd be down for that. 
Also, one of my other dreams is to go to the Lizzie Borden bread and bed and breakfast, mm. where you can actually sleep in the house where Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. And when he saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Could not, would not. That's in Fall River, Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, but while you're eating breakfast, are they going to kill you with an axe? I mean, no, but like, hey. Exactly. Same, same, but different. I like spooky shit. I'd be down for, th- I'd be down to frequent Muffy's b <laughs> You can't even say her name seriously. I would frequent Muffy. Muffy St. John. So I love the ending because I really wasn't expecting it to all be fake. Big joke. But I think I was just like, that's your reason why you're doing this? Like, not. I would be completely fine with a, I thought it'd be fun to joke you guys because you guys always pull pranks on me. Like, right. Even if we got that. But then... We did it. Like, we got this, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to save this island with a bed and breakfast that I was like, yeah. It just didn't, it's just not believable to me at all. Not even in a joking way. As we are recording this, it is International Women's Day, and I just want to say that she is a thriving entrepreneur. You know she's been sued by now. <laughs> yeah, <Let's> hey. <laughs> she made it three months into the uh, to the business and got sued out of, uh, out of business yeah. right there. Especially at the end when she's like, you know, it was all fake danger, except for that snake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we spared no expense. Spent all of her inheritance on this gag. <laughs> I'm also sorry that my clues inside your rooms went a little bit too far. Referencing the paraphernalia when that one guy was a junkie. Oh, the worst. oh that's what she meant. I yeah. thought she was talking about Nan's abortion, which clearly was too thought, far. Yeah. Well, there's also that, like all the clues were just tied to their lives. Mm-hmm, like the tape recorder of the baby crying. And then what really struck me at the end was they're all like laughing and like pouring champagne on each other and destroying these really expensive carpets and floors and nan is just kind of like laughing in the corner like haha this is all fun but now everyone knows about my abortion (laughs) i was like well (laughs) she kind of got screwed out of this yeah Yeah, thanks for the fun and the guilt trip what a weekend (laughs) yeah none for you nan it was so convoluted and and silly and ridiculous and i wish they had just rolled with her actually being this ridiculously named twin Buffy who had lost her mind, <laughs> even though that's, even that's a bad story, but I would have preferred that. But then to bring it all together and find out that it's this big like joke thing. I, so I'd already dismissed it. I think when Muffy kind of stands up in the beginning and is like leading this, you know, party as a strong hostess, which I loved. Good for her for having her friends over for owning the night. She set the table. She set, you know, she was nice, whatever. She, it was ridiculous. But I, I when that happened, I was just kind of like, okay, this is the movie's going to be a prank. And then as we go in and there's kills, I was like, oh, the movie's not a prank. And the weird sister thing, while silly and 80s, like, okay, this is what's happening. And so when we get to the point where we realize, no, it actually all was a prank. I was like, oh, come on. I like dismissed that idea in the beginning. It got you. It, I, I guess. I don't know. Miss... Miss Muffington St. John the First. It Muffington. Was, <laughs> it was it was a bit wild. I think what really sealed it, what really put the icing on the joke cake was the very final scene for me. The tie back to the jack in the box. Oh yeah. Oh, I loved that part where Nan slits her throat. Yeah. But then she didn't. It was all a joke. No, but mm. you can tell she totally will one day. I wanted that to be right. so real. Yeah. I was like, end the movie like this. Nan is pissed because you told everyone about her abortion, so she kills you. Cut the movie there. Yeah. Ends as a horror movie. I would have loved it. Me too. Team Nan. It's always funny till someone gets hurt. Mm. And that includes That's feelings, true. guys. 
All right, Mac. Well, thank you so much for recognizing that nothing makes a strong, independent woman like uh, being a homemaker and setting the table. Really, really, really <laughs> oh, appreciate God. you there. Yep, that's that's how I want to be known. Would you guys say that the ending was the worst part of the movie for you, or was there something even worse than that? Honestly, no. I think. I mean, I think I took this movie for like what it was worth. So, like to me, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was suspenseful, and I kind of just went along with it. So I didn't really think there was like too much. Passive. I mean, the first scene kind of caught me off guard. I just feel like that movie could have just totally done without it. This movie could have totally done without it. But that's just my opinion. But nothing like like sticks. The VHS tape. Yeah, it's fair. I was just like, uh, what is this? And then I was like, okay, now I'm turned off on the movie. Oh, did she lose you at fucking on the first date? Is that what it was? (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I thought that opening bit was good because that isn't a joke. Actually, people do do that. (laughs) Fuck on the first date or make videos talking about it. (laughs) They make videos of doing it. Well, yeah, that she says that she orders a tripod. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. The worst part of the movie for me wasn't the ending because it was definitely creative. While they may have over-explained it, they definitely tied up every loose end and then made up some other ones that we didn't need tied. But for me, the worst part was like the premise of the kids like being murdered. They were all under the impression that it was like the boat guy because somehow it was their fault that he hit his friend with a boat. It was Skip's fault. It was Skip's fault because uh, he wouldn't have been in the water if not for that stupid prank. He had the choice to get out of the water and decided not to. Those kids are not at fault for that whatsoever. He for sure did, but nothing is going to change your mind when you feel like you inadvertently caused something. Oh, I don't know. I thought that was a reach. I was like, the whole time I was trying to remember, I was like, how is it the kid's fault that the guy hit them with the boat? Hey, man, when something traumatic happens, you often assume guilt upon yourself. I guess that's true. They really did think they busted his eye open. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate the movie. I was entertained. I just... Don't think anyone needs to see it. Yeah, I didn't hate the movie. It was just trash. <laughs> it was trash. I enjoy trash from time to time. <laughs> so do I. That's why my uh, favorite Guilty Pleasure show, like Seventh Ring of Hell in Guilty Pleasure, is Jerry Springer. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, and wow. Really, though, like not so guiltily, I do enjoy your boy Maury. A little bit of Mopo action. The new, st- the new Maury, though, because I love the old stuff, not the new oh, stuff. Oh, no, like, and the test determined that was a lie. Or you are not the father. That kind of Maury. Oh, yeah. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize there was new Maury. I'm on that 2020 Maury. Maury's on TikTok now. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah he's on TikTok. It, yeah. He posted like wow. a couple days ago. Oh, shit. He's like trying to get in on it. And I'm like, oh, God. He honestly actually looks pretty good for his age. But I was good like, please, this is always He has like frozen in time, honestly. <laughs> one thing I want to ask you guys about, because we all reviewed teeth, right? At one point on the boat, I don't remember which character it was. It was one of the girls. But she says, some hero you turned out to be. Is that not a line that they used in teeth after she fucked that one guy? Yeah. And she, was that a reference yeah. from teeth? I think she said some hero. Okay. Like in teeth. Yeah. But I don't know that teeth was intentionally trying to reference it. However, it would be great if it did. Yeah. Because teeth was kind of comedic. I could see them pulling stuff from a movie like this. So this is something that the movie made me start to question is when you play a prank on someone for April Fool's Day, do you say April Fool's or do you say April Fool? Because Muffy very clearly said April Fool after she like gagged everybody at the dinner table initially with the champagne. Good question. The answer is April Fool. I've never partaken in April Fool's Day. So the the idea being when you've pranked somebody, they are the April Fool. And thus it is the day of April Fool's. Okay, but even in that scenario, there were several of them. So wouldn't it be plural? It would be if she had pranked more than one person. She should be yelling April Fools. I got you fools. Yeah. Mm, interesting. 
All right. Well, so for our listeners, then we're going to need to know what the April Fool's Day etiquette is. And please prank responsibly. Let us know. Check back in with us after the day has passed. Let us know what you said after you pranked your people. I'm always team April Fool's. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that would make sense. I think a good analog is, is Happy New Year's. A lot of people say Happy New Year's when it's really Happy New Year. I always say Happy New Year. Yeah, I always say year. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Or Happy New Year. As a child of the New Year, I'm very particular about this. Hmm. This is like people who go to Kroger's versus people who go to Kroger. Oh, God. It's a, It might be a regional thing, maybe. I think I might just be an idiot. When she was at the table, though, and she, um, when she tricked Arch with that falling chair, and she, like, licks her lips like some kind of, like, animal, I was like, oh, she's really into this, isn't she? I thought that was a really good <laughs> character choice. Well, she's a cougar, I bet. <laughs> I bet she did look very predatory in nature several times. Also, one bizarre moment when Arch walks in to see Chaz having sex. I could not understand where all those limbs were going. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> it was the craziest sex position ever, like known to man. I don't know, like because they're both like if you were to lay down, sit down on the floor with your legs out in front of you, and then try to touch your toes. Except you're both like that. I, I think I need a visual, <laughs> like. Uh... <laughs> no, we're not in- inserting pornographic content into our show notes. Listen, so imagine two pretzels, and then you try to make them scissor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying right now. I think we should have a, 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 maybe you should have a listener poll and see how many people have, have done this position. Or know what it's called. Yeah, That's or true. can Or can actually route where the limbs went. Yeah. It looked confusing every time. They definitely got that one from the Cosmo magazine. It, it looks like two tarantulas. I felt like there were bonus legs in there at one point. <laughs> if there were, I, I appreciate that comedic choice. I love how he just backed out of the room though slowly. Oh yeah, okay. no that that was fantastic. The like hunched in and walking in, and then just walking right back out in the same exact position. Yeah, mm. <laughs> like just nope the Not fuck today. out of there. <laughs> <laughs> they kept the mood going. I I thought you know they would probably stop and be really embarrassed, and they're like, nope, we're good, keep going. <laughs> no, they didn't give a fuck. Don't uh, you know? Don't yuck the yum. Just uh, don't, don't feel slut shamed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe position shamed. Maybe technique shamed. Right. Uh, you know. If, if anything, he should have clapped. I mean, that was truly Olympic in nature. Oh, that wasn't a chlamydia joke? Oh! <laughs> Damn! The part for me that was the funniest was when they all start kind of considering what the fuck is going on in this house. And they're like, one of them's like, Muffy's been acting strange. And Nancy's like, yeah, no shit. And then she literally <laughs> says, and I had to write this down, she says, those nursing shoes, those clod hoppers she's been walking around in, crepe soles, I mean, come on. I died laughing when she said that. Like, that's how she knew Muffy was acting differently. In her hair when she was making breakfast. Oh, that frizzy broom of a wig. It was awful. What did she say? Oh, I forgot to put my clothes on? Yeah. 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 Oh, I was was hungry getting some food. Uh, And she runs upstairs. Who made her night? (laughs) That part really made me think, like, at first, it kind of seemed like she was, because this is back when I was like, I didn't know this was all a gag. I was like, oh, was she sleepwalking? And maybe she did this in like a sleepwalking trance because she's kind of a crazy bitch. Um, (laughs) So like I was running with that theory and then it was like the twin narrative and I was like, oh, so it was like her twin who just got out of the hospital and that's why she's weird. And then in the end, it was none of those things. But I really (laughs) thought, (laughs) I really thought that the Jack in the Box in the beginning, like the way that they designed that alien creature that popped out, I was like, that could fuck somebody up enough to be a crazy bitch and do something like this to their friends. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. That was very creepy. It was. It really was. It, it, that hair, though, does remind me of Sleepaway Camp. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Angel's oh, hair. Yeah. Angel's yeah. hair in Sleepaway Camp. Angel's hair specifically at the end of Sleepaway Camp 
when yes. it was just like a plastered mask. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, while there are plenty of comedic moments in here, and there are plenty of moments in this movie where you just kind of think, what the fuck? Uh, I think it's time to learn more about how this film was made. Or learn about the marital affairs and lives of some of these stars like Mac tends to do. Uh, Mac, what's up with the fact or fiction? What, what is up with this fact or fiction? Do we have pranks <laughs> today? I don't know. Maybe there's pranks. Uh, Maybe there's not. Don't be annoying. No, there's no oh, there's no pranks. It's actually going to be fact or fiction about each of us. Ooh. Yeah. I might pass I, I, that. Yeah, I, I, I dug in to your personal lives. Paris does know everything about me and my girlfriend at this point. So <laughs> as long as Mac doesn't bring up my abortion, I'll be okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave that out of it. No, let's, let's do some actual factor fiction. Number one, the film is filmed in Maine with mostly Canadian actors. Fiction fact. I'm also going to say fiction because for some reason I left the credits rolling and I, there was a really unique credit card at the end credit card, like a little credit segment that mentioned a lot about Canada, and I don't think I saw anything about Maine, so fiction. Correct, it's fiction. It was filmed in Canada with mostly American actors. A little bit of the reverse. Number two, the holiday April Fool's Day was a marketing campaign launched in Canada in the late 1940s to sell whoopee cushions. Fiction. Fiction, the way you're looking around. Fiction, that sounds like, I feel like April Fool's is like some ancient Gaelic tradition or something. Yeah, like Fool's Golden and all that. <laughs> yeah. April Fool's. Yeah, so it is a fiction. April Fool's is way <laughs> older than that, and it goes back pretty darn far. We actually don't know exactly when it first started, but there's references to Days Like It way back in history, so you were correct. So number three, Vassar College. I don't know if you guys remember. That's where the characters say they all went in the, in the movie. It's a public university in rural Vermont. Mm, fiction fact. I don't know shit about geography. I'm going to say fiction. <laughs> it's a fiction because it's in New York, and it's a private not for you know, not not for profit university. You're but annoying. Yeah, you're you're welcome. Although to to be fair, there is some mixed signals going on. There is a a main license plate in this movie to kind of throw you off the scent and make it think like it's their like summer home up in Maine. But no, it's not. <laughs> so talking about that film's writer, you've already spoiled number four here. But it, sorry, but it's it's okay. But he did indeed write the scripts for Beverly Hills Cop one, two, and three. So that's a fact. You got a freebie because you already mentioned that earlier. Yes, leaving us. With number five, this film shares actors with Back to the Future, The Dukes of Hazard, Star Trek's The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, Baywatch, Jumanji, Scary Movie, and the uh, 80s classic Real Genius. I know some of these are definitively true. Some of them I feel like you pulled out of your ass. So I'm going to go <laughs> fiction because it's a scary movie. Same. I'm also going to say fiction. I have seen Jumanji thousands of times and I did not recognize a single person from this movie. Well, it's a fact. Shit. Yeah. So it's a fact because most of these things were really small roles. Like one of the actors in this movie played a bum in Jumanji. Ah. Oh. Damn it, Mac. I was so close. I know. But for the most part, these people didn't have super eventful careers afterwards. But a lot of them went on to do other things. Things. They just, you know, didn't get like big roles in movies. Obviously, we all know Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. Oh my God, was that actually him? Was that Arch? That was Arch. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. My girlfriend saw that, so was watching this movie and said, man, he reminds me of Biff from Back to the Future. I was like, okay, yeah. Because like vaguely similar. Did not realize it is in fact the same human. The same, <laughs> the same broski with the pop collar. I feel so stupid now. Not at all. Not at all. So thank you. This has been Factor Fiction. Uh, well, thank you, Mac, for your service to us in lying to us every day and making us trust each other a little bit less. <laughs> there you have it, folks. April Fool's Day. 1986 earned two slashes, 
two hacks, and it doesn't stop there. We need to know what your opinion is. We need to know how you prank people for April Fool's Day and whether or not you yell and proclaim April Fool or April Fool's. Keep in mind, there's plenty of ways you can reach out to us. First, starting with our website, www.hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can feel free to hit us up on the Hackerslash hotline. You can call us, text us, leave us an audio message or a voicemail. Call us, beep us if you want to reach us, 757-606-0128. That number is also down in the show notes. And if you too are an April Fool, you can email us. Send it to feedback at hackerslash.com. We'll see you next time. Excellent work, everyone. Bye.